Greetings, innovators, and welcome to Back of the Napkin, where we explore big journeys in the world of small business with the personalities who make it happen. And welcome back to another one of these bonus segments that we like to call Friday Fails. I'm Dusty Weiss. And I'm Karen Stoichoff. Dusty, it seems like everything is on the fast track for Alicia Accardo and Tony Spatara, owners of Cafe La Petito in Chicago. The siblings assumed ownership of the family restaurant in 2010 after their dad, Anthony Spatara, passed away. The restaurant turns 40 this year, a feat very few small businesses achieve, let alone those run by second-generation owners. But hard work doesn't always take the prize. There have certainly been fails along the way for Cafe La Petito, and plenty of valuable lessons learned and fit for sharing. But before we get to Leisha and Tony's Friday fail, let's set the table and get reacquainted with them in a little thing we like to call the Fast Five. Five quick questions to learn more about our small business owner guests. You guys ready? First and foremost, Karen, I'm going to let you ask this one because I don't know how to pronounce these things. Capellini or Parpadele? Capellini. Oh, Parpadele, for sure. What is the most popular Cafe L'Appetito menu item? It would be the Italiano, our classic Italian sub. What is your favorite latte art? Well, Tony doesn't really do latte art. Coffee's kind of my thing, but I love making a heart. What would you say is the most gratifying thing about sharing family recipes with your customers, Tony? I'd say seeing the reaction of the customer when they come back after they've had it, just they're like, that was the best sandwich ever. And what did you learn most from your dad about running a small business? Always be present. We're talking to Leisha Accardo and her brother, Tony Spatara, owners of Cafe La Petito in Chicago. Your family spent decades establishing a reputation throughout the city. And Leisha, your dad envisioned a new location in the suburbs. What was he thinking when he was thinking suburbs there? Well, we thought about doing a La Petito in the suburb that we live in. And so we always saw this one space. They were going to revitalize the downtown area. And this space was perfect. And I had little kids at the time. So we thought, oh, this is good. You know, we could open a restaurant here and we can, it'll be really convenient and I can run this shop. So we opened, but we learned that in the suburbs, our concept doesn't really work. People that live in the suburbs tend to flock to the big corporate boxes. And I think that's why we don't see a lot of small business owners as far as, you know, as restaurants. It's very difficult to make it. And there's no traffic. All of our locations are in places where we have very heavy traffic. And that's where we would ultimately always open a space because you want a captive audience. You want that business. And we thought, well, you know, people will drive there. There's a parking lot. It's a destination. But we found that it just really didn't work. And we also have a lot of different things going on under one roof. We have a deli. We have a coffee bar. We had Italian goods. So when you have all of these different things under one roof, you know, you thrive on volume. And if you don't get that volume, it just didn't work. So then we actually changed concepts after about two years of our lease. We had a five-year lease, I believe. And we decided to open a sit-down restaurant. And that was my father's idea. He wanted to sort of take the existing space and try and do whatever we could to generate more business. 
And that honestly just did not work because I don't think that we had the same passion behind it because it was nothing that we really knew about because we were used to operating a small deli and cafe, not a full sit down white tablecloth restaurant with a bar and, you know, a wait staff. And that was not what we were about. So I think it just never worked out. And we made that decision to just move out of the suburbs. Now, you resisted and then ultimately relented when your dad wanted to change the concept, partly because you were trying to preserve something, right? You had the five-year lease, and so it was sure. sort of at that point, let's give it a go. We've got to try something. But by resisting then relenting, what did you ultimately learn from that experience? Well, I learned that you know, as a small business owner, especially a restaurant, you don't want to be something that you're not. And that was the perfect example because it's just not who we are. It's not our concept. And we really need to, in the future, stay true to our concept. And that's what people love. You know, Leisha, you talk about the dynamic with your dad and sort of going back and forth about whether to open the location and whether to change the concept and all that. Families are complicated enough as it is, but then you drag a business into it and the father-daughter dynamic. What did you learn about exercising your voice as a business leader and a daughter throughout that experience with the failed suburban location? It was challenging. It was hard. My dad and I, people tell us, well, told my dad too, that we're very stubborn, hard-headed. <laughs> my brother's nodding. And I... <laughs> I mean, I'll admit it. Yeah, I'm hard-headed. I'm a lot like my dad, so we used to butt heads a lot. I didn't agree with him on this, but I knew that it was so important to try and save whatever we had, you know, because you'd spend a lot of money on a build-out, you hire people, you're invested. It's a big investment. So it was challenging, but it was a business decision and we made it work. In the end, we just figured it out like we always do, so... I feel like we get along really well in this business. Many Italian families, uh, especially with the brothers, seem to have really bad falling outs. I think my sister and I, we're, we work together well. We never really stay mad at each other if we don't agree on something. I mean, we could tell each other anything we're feeling without hurting anyone's feelings. So it works. I know a lot of families don't, but it works. Ultimately, failure helped shape you in the business. What makes Cafe La Petito unique to the Chicago restaurant scene? I think it's unique, number one, because we are a family business. And that is, I mean, honestly, it's kind of unheard of. If you think about it, sit back and think, 40 years. The other day, I was just thinking about our anniversary coming up. It's October 12th. We opened on Columbus Day in 1981. And I was driving to work and I'm thinking, oh my God, 40 years. How is this possible? You know, thinking about how many places we've seen open and close over the years. That is unique because I think people know that at least our true customers, they know all the hard work that has gone on behind the scenes. So many of our customers knew my dad very well. They knew that he was always there watching over everything so I think there's like a comfort thing when they come into our store and they know that they're going to be taken care of and we, you know, always provide the same quality. I think that's huge too, because today, especially with everything that's going on with COVID and supply chain issues and, 
you know, so many places are having to either get rid of menu items or cut costs by changing ingredients or making things smaller. And we haven't done any of that. And I think people appreciate it. And just the quality alone is something that people love. I mean, you can't really go anywhere else in the city and get what you get at our restaurant. You know, I think that makes us stand out. Well, and it's the kind of unique dining experience that you can really only create if you've had an experience where you got into a spot that was really not your strong suit and Mm -hmm. and realized that, you know what, we've got to walk away from it. And Mm -hmm. so the business is growing. You've announced again, the big United Center deal that you've got going on and you guys just have so much to be proud of. So thank you once again, Alicia Accardo, Tony Spatara for joining us on Back the Napkin and for sharing your Friday fails. That's what we have for this episode. Make sure you're subscribed in your favorite podcast app, and we'd appreciate it if you dropped us a review and a five-star rating. Back of the Napkin is brought to you by Sure Payroll, where small business is their business. From easy online payroll to 401k support and award-winning customer service, Sure Payroll has been serving the payroll and business needs of small businesses for more than 20 years. Learn more at surepayroll.com and get two months free as a new customer. Thanks to the head of Sure Payroll Marketing, Jenna Schlaer, and our production partners, PodCamp Media. Where we provide branded podcast production services for businesses, our editor and producer is Larry Kilgore III. Thanks for tuning in to Back the Napkin. I'm Dusty Weiss. And I'm Kieran Stoichoff.